What's up, my Uncommon family, and thank you for joining us for this episode of the Uncommon Podcast. The Colorado real estate market's been a little crazy this year, and I even sold and purchased a home myself, if you can believe it. Whether you're curious about your options or references for work you might need to have done now that the weather's nice, we can uh, be your go-to resource. We have tons of resources out there and referrals for you, so reach out to us anytime. You can call or message us on any major platform, and we'd love to help you in any way that we can. We're not necessarily trying to get sponsors right now at this point, but we want to help our business owners out there. So if you'd like us to promote your business on the show, please reach out to us on any of our contact methods, and we would love to help you out. If you like the show, please subscribe on the platform of your choice and share the crap out of this show. You guys have been awesome. We appreciate the support. Please continue to share the show and help us grow this thing naturally. Uh, We really appreciate the support. You can email us at uncommonpodcast@outlook.com or call 720-336-0848. Keep having an awesome year and let's get down to it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast of Be Pop and Duff. Hey, Duff, what's going on, man? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? Doing well, as always. Well, hey, before we kick this off, as we do every episode, we want to send a special thank you and shout out to all those first responders out there, so police, firefighters, EMTs, and an even bigger thank you to all the uh, active duty military and veterans that serve this great country. Without everything you do, we could not do what we do. So from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for all the sacrifices you and your family make and making this the land of the free only because of the home of the brave. Facts. Facts. Thank you, everybody. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, this episode, I wanted to get into credit. And, uh, you know, we kind of cover a multitude of topics on this sh- uh, show, and I don't ever really get into any part of my expertise because I kind of want to leave that out of it. But, you know, credit is something that I feel can help anybody, whether you are trying to go out and buy a vehicle, you're trying to get a credit card, you know, hell, you're trying to get a utility account set up with Excel. First thing they do is check your credit. You know, you try to get a cell phone. What do they do? They check your credit, right? And there's a lot of misinformation out there about credit. And so one of the common questions I have is, you know, what affects my credit score or, you know, what can I do to improve my credit score? And, you know, if we look at credit as a risk rating, right, a credit report is kind of like your adult report card, financial report card is kind of how I look at that. Okay. But more importantly than that, you're your credit report is telling these financial institutions, these other companies, what sort of risk you might present to them in getting repaid, whatever money that is. Okay. Right. So if you can picture a pie and I know we're audio here, but if you can picture a pie, picture a circle and you have the biggest, and this is not going to be a big surprise to anybody really, but the biggest section of the pie that affects your credit is your payment history. Right. Sometimes I want to scream at people when they say, how can I improve my credit? Pay your bills on time, right? It's that simple. That should go without saying. That should go without saying, right? What people don't really understand is one late payment on a credit card has the ability to lower your credit score in some cases up to 100 points. Well, when we were buying with one late payment, I don't know which house it was, man, but when I was going through, I used to work for Sprint and when I was a broke college kid, dude, you never, you know, I had like a $25 payment. I kid you not. This is mm-hmm. true as the day I was born. $25 payment that I didn't make. And it, once we got that taken care of, 
you know, at the direction of, you know, whoever we were talking to at the time, my credit score literally went up 80 points. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. Even just something small like that, like how much it actually affects your credit. Right. So obviously, you know, paying bills on time is important, but just as important about paying your bills on time, you need to be aware of, A, what the due date is on the bill, but also you need to be aware if there's any sort of grace period with that monthly payment because the grace periods can affect you. Here's what I mean by that. You know, mortgages, for example, your monthly payment's always due on the 1st. You get a grace period to the 15th of the month. After the 15th is when you have... Uh, late fees, but you're not technically considered 30 days late on that mortgage until after the 30th of the month. People don't really realize that, right? So if you pay your mortgage on the 20th of, the, of that month, you're going to pay a late fee, but you're not going to have a 30-day late reporting because it was paid within that month. However, auto loans, for example, may not have a grace period at all. Or they may have a two, three day grace period. And after which time, you know, not only are you going to have a late fee, but you could be reported 30 days late. Credit cards, for example, because it's a revolving 30 day account, one day late on a credit card payment can result in a 30 day late one day. So what you have to do is you have to be responsible enough and you have to be savvy enough to understand what those due dates are and understand, okay, do I have any sort of leniency or is there some sort of uh, grace period that I should be aware of? What I honestly do in my world is I plan, you know, if I can set bills up on auto pay, I just set it up on auto pay, you know, set it, forget it, make sure the things are paid, make sure they come out of your account easy enough. But if you can't set it up on auto pay, you know, I'll put the due date in my calendar about a week before the actual due date. So that if I get busy on a day and I'm like, okay, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I know I'm not going to be late. And real quick, I just want to make one differentiation. Um, those third party credit cards, man, your, your furniture row. And I'm not, I'm not bashing these businesses, man, but this is another way for them to make money. This is what people need to understand. Like those are not considered like credit cards, right? That's not open lines of, it's not viewed at like money, like real money, essentially in like the lending worlds and stuff like that. Like I know that um, the, one of the people that we were working with before, you know, when we had a high balance on like our furniture row card, right? When you have open credit on your credit cards, you know, it helps bolster, you know, your credit score. And I know you're going to go deeper into this, but I'm just kind of making it for layman terms for the common person. But this is how I understood it. Just because you got approved for that furniture row card, that's not like you can't go pay your energy bill with that card. No, it's only for that department it's store. It's only that place. So mm -hmm. those, you know, at least in my direction, I try to get those off as fast as I can because they're really not looking like open lines of credit in a positive light in terms of like lending and such. Well, let me clarify that a little bit. So when you talk about credit, you have different types of credit. So you have mortgages, okay? You have installment loans. So an installment loan is going to be like a student loan, auto loan, signature note loan. You have a definitive end date to that loan, okay? Mortgages are always designed to be paid off at some point in time. There's an end date to that mortgage. Same thing with installment loans. You have an end date with an installment loan. When you're talking uh, department store accounts, furniture accounts, TJ Maxx, Home Goods, Kohl's, whatever, those are all credit cards. Now, to go to your point, you may not be able to use that at the gas station if it's a furniture row account, for example, right? You can only use that at furniture row, but it's a credit card. Those accounts are never designed to be closed. They're designed to be paid off. So I said a second ago, if you can picture a circle or a pie, the biggest portion of the pie that affects your credit is your payment history. 
What's the second biggest portion that affects your credit? Most people don't understand this. It's the balance to limit ratios that you hold on your credit cards. Right. Okay. So here's what I mean by, mean by that. A lot of people think, well, I owe $10,000 on credit cards, so that's why my score is screwed up, but I need to get that paid down or paid off. Maybe not. And here's what I mean by that. The credit bureaus, when they score you, they're not looking at the dollars that you owe on credit cards. Okay. They're looking at the balance to limit ratio. So for example, I'm going to use easy numbers here. So if you have a $1,000 limit on a credit card, but you have a $900 balance at the time the credit card company reports to the credit bureaus, you have 90% usage. If we look at credit scores as a risk rating, if you have only 10% available credit to use, now you're a higher risk. You follow me on that? Right. So if you're a higher risk, your score goes down to substantiate that risk. The sweet spot for the credit bureaus is a 10 to 30% balance to limit ratio. So if somebody has one credit card that they're maxed out on, it could make sense for them to say, okay, if you have one account that you have a high balance, but you have all these other accounts that are zero balance, spread the balance around. Right. And I think what I was getting at though is like, so when we were buying two houses ago, cause we used you for this last one. You know, I was going to close down some of my credit cards that I don't have anything on that I was that I ended up opening to try to rebuild my credit. We're going to talk about a couple of my personal mistakes that I've made in my life. But, you know, I had one from when I was in college that was tied to a credit union my mom worked for. Mm -hmm. And I haven't used that credit card. I couldn't even tell you. And I was like, I'm just going to go close that down. And our our mortgage person at that time, you know, said, do not do that. That is your longest, you know, that is your longest open line of credit. And That's it's right. going to show your history. Mm -hmm. um, but when we were talking about having a balance on like our furniture row card from when we, you know, again, everybody starts out at different points in life. We've had to restart several times. So, sure. you know, the 0% for 24 months, man, I'm all about it sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to pay that bill right away. You know, right. that's nice. We were instructed that those accounts need to, those balances, I guess, maybe he, maybe I'm, um, maybe I'm not remembering this correctly, but at the very least that those balances need to be brought down to a minimum because it was going to increase our debt to income ratio. That's right. And we are, we are able to show at least with the, like the credit cards, the example that he used with us is, it's more security for the mortgage to know that on like if shit went crazy that you could pay your mortgage with your credit card if you absolutely had to that they were going to get their money that's one way to look at it you know again and i don't disagree with that as i said credit cards are never designed to be closed so in the example you gave the reason the person told you don't close that account is because if you close a credit card account let's say you've had for 10 years you effectively erase that 10-year history that you developed. Now, you'll still see it when you pull a credit report. It'll show closed. But that 10-year history no longer factors into your score right? at all. And so I caution people all the time in that position that they'll say, hey, I've got these three credit cards I haven't used in three years. What should I do? Go charge something on it. Go buy a tank of gas on it. Go to your co favorite coffee shop and put a cup of coffee on it. Here's why. The other mistake some people make with credit cards especially is they let them age, they put them away, they forget they have them, whatever. And the credit card company will close the account on you for inactivity. Well, if they close the account, it's the same as if you close the account, the history's gone. Okay. Right. And you don't want to lose the history. Part of a big portion of what 
uh, determines your credit score is your, well, your credit history is your, your credit score, but a big portion of that history is those credit cards, those older accounts. And so the more older accounts you have with the proper balance limit ratio, again, that 10 to 30% balance limit ratio, the better off you're going to score. Because again, the more available credit you have, the better off you're going to be. Now, with that said, I want to touch on one more thing with credit cards, because this is a common mistake people make. And I used to make this mistake as well. How many out there listening have a credit card that you earn airline miles on or you earn points on? We do. Every one of us do, right? Me and my wife have one credit card that we earn my airline mileage on. Everything we do, we charge on that, on that card to get the mileage. The challenge that we all have as consumers, and we have to understand that the credit reporting system is not for the benefit of us as consumers. It's ultimately for the benefit of the banks. It's for the benefit of the banks to charge you more interest. That's why it was created to begin with, okay? The challenge we all have is when the credit card company or any creditor reports to the credit bureaus, and there's three, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. When they report to the credit bureaus, they're reporting a snapshot in time. The day they report is is just a snapshot of that account. So for example, if somebody has an airline mileage account or a points account that they charge everything up on and they only pay that account once a month. So let's say you have a $10,000 or $5,000 limit on the account and every month you pay it and the, the balance is $3,500, for example. The credit bureaus may not know you pay it off. If you make the payment to pay it off the day after the credit card company reported to the bureaus, the bureaus have no idea you paid it off. And the credit card company most likely is not going to tell you when they're going to report to the credit bureaus. They're probably not going to tell you that. So what I advise people to do is if you're going to do that, pay that account on a weekly basis. Every Saturday, get online, pay the account balance off so that it doesn't matter when it reports. It's always going to report a low balance compared to the limit. You don't need to do anything different. You're still paying the same money. It's just a matter of changing a, a, a way in which you do it so you can maximize what that credit score is. Okay. The other piece of that pie, and we're going to get into some other uh, more complicated stuff here, but the other piece of that pie that affects your credit score is the length of credit accounts. How long have you had a credit account? So you talked about you had this account from a credit union that was however old. College time, yeah. And the prior mortgage mortgage guy told you, hey, do not close that, okay? Correct. You don't want to lose that history. Same idea. But the other thing that really screwed me when I was younger, right? So I'm a car guy. I always have been from the time I was, you know, 18 to say 26, I could never get my credit score over 700. All my bills were paid on time. Nothing. You know, I didn't have high credit card debt or anything like that. What I did do was I'd go get a new car. And as we all do when we're young, what do we do? Trick it out. You trick it out. You finance it, right? You take the auto loan or auto lease out, whatever you do. Okay. Every 18 to 24 months, I'd go get a new car. Now that new car, what happens is the prior auto loan got paid off, which is a good thing, but now I have a brand new account that now has to age and develop history in order to improve the credit score. So I was constantly in this vicious cycle. And once I got into the business I'm in and figured this out, okay, I don't do that anymore. Not to mention how much negative you're rolling over and over and over and over and over. Uh, they, well, negative equity in vehicles is just stupid. Not now, though. Now, used cars have positive equity, which is really freaking weird. So that's something else, too. So keep in mind. So uh, when you go Christmas shopping, the first thing the cashier asks you when you go to checkout is what? You want to save 10% today on a, a ABC store credit card? Always say no to that. 
Always say no, because if you say yes, whatever money you saved is going to cost you in the long run, because now you have a brand new account that has to age and has to be managed appropriately. I know. I feel bad because some of those people are so nice. I'm like, do you realize how many credit cards I have? Right. Like there's, there's cards that I have just left on my credit, Brett, because they're wide open. Right. I don't know a balance on them. Like you said, I give, I will, I have an American express somewhere that I haven't used years. I'm sure it's been closed since, you know, but right. I, there's stuff that I have on my credit and it's just, it's not worth it. Again, I always view it how I was taught, you know, how we were talking about with the furniture row card. You know, I just don't want things on my credit or elements on my credit that aren't going to bolster again towards my dreams, my goals, my, my aspirations, right? Like if that's going to deter me from being able to buy the house that I want or, if, if you're, if you, even if you are a car guy, man, mm-hmm. we had guys at the police department that would buy a brand new Mustang every single year because that's, that's their thing, right? They would work overtime just to do that. Right. right. And so, you know, whatever, whatever your goal is and everything else, I just think you need to, you know, just be careful and be mindful, you know, not just going too buck wild on these things and saying, Oh yeah, I want 20% because I'm going to spend $200 here. Really? I mean, is it at the end of the day, is that 20, if you can't afford to pay that extra 20%, then you probably shouldn't be in that store to begin with. Well, right. And I don't think people go in going, okay, I'm only going to buy it because I'm going to get the 20% discount on the credit card. But what you have to realize is that 20% discount is going to cost you far more than that in the long run. And interest. And interest and, and that sort of thing. Okay. So credit cards is a big bugaboo for a lot of people. And you looked up something before we started this about average credit card debt. What'd you come up with? I found a bunch of numbers on it, but for the United States, as of 20, the end of 2020, there's $807 billion in, in unpaid credit card debt in the United States right now. Right. So what that tells me is we had 800 and some billion dollars of products that were sold and purchased by people that couldn't afford them to begin with. Right. Unless you're like me and I, there was, there was times Unless that it's I, 0% interest cash, same as cash, whatever. That's totally different. Or if, or again, it, you know, we talked about the points cards. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I'm getting away from Southwest, but you know, those point cards, you're just like, well, you know, if I'm going to use this, this is probably the time to do it or not. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and so I, there was times that we've done that with big purchases to get big amounts of points, you know, so at least you're getting kind of double dipping. Right. right. So if you're doing that on purpose, but it, I think what a lot of people run into, and again, you're well more versed in this. I'm just talking more from just a common person, you know, out there on the street. You have to really be mindful. You can't let it go to the back burner and not pay attention to the stuff that you're putting on there. That's right. We've done that several times in our life, man. And you get yourself in, in, a, in a, you know, you corner yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you can't make your minimum payment for some reason because shut. I mean, again, we're not going to talk about COVID, but like shutdowns and shit like that, you know, you can't make that payment now. Well, now you, you've, cornered yourself and you can't there's nothing you can do about it and it's just going to be negative now that's right which is going to delay your goals and dreams and aspirations later on in one form or another Mm -hmm. yeah so you know the things i talked about i mean that's kind of the high level of what affects your credit and obviously you know you get into collections those are not good you get into bigger issues such as bankruptcy uh foreclosure short sales i mean we could really get into the weeds with that but i kind of want to keep this little high level overview right now if we can Um, and we might lead into that here in a little bit but for those of you out there listening you know if you have collection accounts please do not fall into the trap thinking that if I pay off this collection, it's going to improve my credit. It will never improve your credit by paying a collection. What will improve your credit is if you can negotiate with the collection agency to get them to delete the account. 
That's what will improve your credit. But paying a derogatory account did nothing positive to your credit. It did nothing negative, potentially, but it's it's kind of a wash, right? If the account's owed, definitely pay it because in the long run, you'll probably be good. But don't expect to pay a collection account and all of a sudden your score to jump 50 points because that's just simply not going to happen. Right. Now, there's all sorts of outlets out there right now for people to monitor their credit. Credit Karma is the biggest one. I have an Experian account. You have an Experian account, free credit, uh, you know, all the free apps. You Most credit card companies now have a FICO tracker, things like that. And when I tell people this, most of the time people are perplexed when I say this. Every one of those scores you get from those outlets are complete garbage. Complete and utter garbage. I do it more to see if something tries to get opened on my account. And that's that's what I tell people to utilize it for. But never rely on the credit score. Do you know why? Because you have to take the average of the three nope. credit bureaus. No. Nope. Your credit score is determined by the type of credit you're applying for. So, for example, Dustin, if you go out today and you go to a car dealership and you apply for an auto loan and then you call me and apply for a mortgage you're going to have two totally different credit scores. Right. And the reason for that is because your credit score, okay, so remember earlier I said a credit score is more of a risk rating. Is it safe to say that there's a very different risk, not greater or lesser, but a different risk associated with an auto loan than there is with a mortgage? There's a different risk associated with a credit card versus an auto loan. It's all risk-based, and there's a multitude of different uh, scoring models that the credit bureaus can use, and so it's not unheard of for somebody to say, well, Credit Karma says I have a 760 credit score, but you know, when I applied for the mortgage, the mortgage company said I had a 680. That's not uncommon because the score you're getting from Credit Karma or any of these other outlets, even if you go directly to the credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, whatever, and you get their so-called FICO score, it's not the actual score that you're going to get from a mortgage because you're not applying for credit. What I tell folks is for the majority, those scores are probably fairly close to what you would get if you applied for a credit card. That's probably pretty close. Right. It's a ball. I look at it as a ballpark, man. It's a ballpark. I look, I look at it as a ballpark, you know, and, and I, you know, whatever, whether it's right or wrong, it's helped me in my brain. I mm-hmm. just, it's to me, it's plus or minus 30 points. Yeah. It's a ballpark, but it's a big fucking ballpark. You know, but I'm just saying <laughs> in my mind, if I'm like, if it says it's a 740, I know it's plus or minus, you know, between 30 to 50 points somewhere right. in there. Right. And so that's how I kind of look at it. I could be down to a 690, but I could also be up higher than that as well. Cause I've had both, both things again, depending on what I'm, applying for or what I'm trying to purchase, you know, it, it, it all is different, but you know, we had a short sale back during the first crash and I don't, you know, we, I don't talk about this a lot being in real estate. Now it's kind of funny how everything kind of comes full circle because I was a police officer, brand new, brand new baby cop back then. And so, you know, there's some things happened in our personal life and we weren't able to make the payments. And, and to be honest with you, we didn't understand any of this. We had no clue, mm. had no clue. 21, 22, nobody 23 does. and nobody, they don't teach us sit in school. No. They don't teach financial literacy in school. And, you know, for everybody out there, just to, this is a totally side note. This is on the real estate side of things. If you are in a tough spot, if you are in a tough spot, do not let your house go to foreclosure, man. No. Don't let the, don't do that. Because when we went through our short sale, just so you know, and I don't know if the regulations have changed, Brett, because believe me, I am so damn gun shy about it at this point. And, you know, everything after having to go through all that, I mean, we were able to short sale and we didn't, we didn't lose that much. Thank God we had to claim it on our taxes and all that, you know, the difference. 
but we, you know, we had a three and a half year wait period and we had a, before we could do anything. And then we, there was another caveat that we had to do. And there was another, you know, we got shifted to credit repair people that ended up being just swindlers. And, you mm-hmm. know, it was a long road that we had to come back from. And what I try to explain to people, it's very embarrassing, right? I remember how embarrassed I was. I didn't want to tell anybody what happened. Right. I've been there and done that, man. And what I want everybody out there to know is that no matter, even if just talk to one of us, like, talk to a, talk to a professional, talk to an eight real estate agent, just see what you maybe you can get right. And see if you can't make the numbers work. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can, right. Or, or a refinance, you call somebody like you and mm-hmm. say, Hey man, we're in a really bad spot. And this is, is there any options for us? Right. Exhaust all of those avenues before you decide to make some of these decisions, you know, that are going to follow you for a long time. Right. If the credit reporting system wasn't unfair enough as is with the different scoring models and all that other stuff, what people need to realize, so the reason we have three different credit bureaus right now, at least right now, is we don't average the credit scores, at least in my world. We always throw the high high score out, we throw the low score out, we use the middle credit score. And the reason that there's currently three is because your creditors are not required to report to all three credit bureaus. They can report to one, they could report to two, or they could choose to report to all three. They could choose not to report at all, and that's that's their business. What they cannot do is report false information. So according to the Fair, Fair Credit Reporting Act, the FCRA, any information a creditor sends to the credit bureaus must be actual and verified. It cannot be false or erroneous in any way. It, I got to be careful how I say that. It cannot be false information. If it's false, you have the right as the consumer to file a, d- a dispute and get it corrected. But with that said, when you talk about credit repair companies, okay, I'm not opposed to credit repair companies as a whole. They do serve a purpose, but they do not serve a purpose for every person out there because everyone's credit report is going to be vastly different. Okay. If somebody's credit scores are low simply because of high credit card balances to limit ratios, you don't need a credit repair company for that. Okay. If you went through a short sale, like you said, and we've got one account that we've got to get updated, you do not need a credit repair company for that. If you got in a car accident, for example, and racked up $300,000 in medical bills. And those, for anybody out there that has been through this, you know that collection accounts sell from one to another. You could have a duplicate account on there that's with three different companies. Like it's very difficult to decipher through all that. That's where the credit repair companies really come in handy and can save you a lot of time. Understand that when you engage a credit repair company, what you're engaging them for is the convenience so you don't have to take those additional steps and write the letters and all the stuff to the credit bureaus, okay? Now, the one thing that is coming up lately, which is Experian Boost, right? How you can add in certain things to your credit that don't normally report, your utility bills, your rent bills, your Netflix streaming, things like that. I'm going to caution people on this for a moment. This, the the credit bureaus are nothing but data aggregators. That's really what they are. They're collecting data, okay? And although those services are pretty good to develop credit for those that have limited credit, what you're doing is you're granting them access to your daily spending habits. Think about for a moment if Amazon had access to your personal credit. How much more advertising would they do and how much more product would they try to sell you based on your daily spending habits across all other aspects that you spend money on? 
I don't think that's a good idea for anybody. Doesn't sound like a winning solution. It's not a winning solution for you as the consumer. It's a winning solution for the big corporations. Okay, so uh, just be cautious as to what you self-report to the credit bureaus. There's a big movement right now in Washington to get rid of the three credit reporting agencies and create one government-run credit reporting agency run by the CFPB. And uh, on the initial onset, we all might think, okay, well, that would clean things up a little bit. But I got to tell you, I'm not real sure that I want the United States government having all my credit data under one roof. And one of the reasons I say that, not for any anything else other than what other government-run program works seamlessly well? Zero. Zero. Absolutely none. So do we want the government to have total control over the credit reporting system? Um, that's kind of what's being proposed, and we'll see how that shakes out. But if that happened in the near future, it wouldn't surprise me. And, you know, that leads down another slippery slope of social credit scores and things like that, which I don't want to get into. But um, just keep in mind that that's on the horizon. However, part of one of the bills that's currently, I don't know, being debated or, or under review is looking at stiffening the requirements for medical collections or medical collectors to not be able to report to the credit bureaus for at least 12 months. I think that's a fantastic idea because one of the bigger issues right now that people have is medical collections. Uh, you know, just because you have medical collection doesn't have, in, in most cases, most cases does have, has nothing to do with your financial responsibility. Medical collections have more to do with the fact that you happen to get sick or happen to get injured right? Why should that incident have any uh, effect on your financial uh, capabilities? Right. I, don't, I don't think it should. Um, so that, that's kind of a good thing there, but uh, some food for thought there. So back to all these uh, different outlets for your credit monitoring, credit karma, Experian Boost, all this other sort of stuff. The way you're using that, Dustin, is the way you should. You should be using those outlets to monitor your credit to make sure that accounts aren't being open fraudulently, things are being reported correctly, but please do not rely on those scores. Those scores kind of give you a good warm fuzzy inside, but they are not reliable under any circumstance. And I just want to give you a little plug. I know you're not going to plug yourself, so I'm going to plug you real quick because we did just get done doing a deal. You, Like I said, you helped us purchase our new home up in Greeley and obviously do a fantastic job because I send you a lot of my clients and, and I highly recommend you. But, you know, for those of you out there, I just want to take it kind of the real estate side just for a second before we wrap up here. The best thing to do is to get in contact with somebody that knows about this stuff, right? And, and it's not and, trying to sell you a product. And I wanted to just, like I said, give you a plug because I work in this field and I hear about these struggles that people come up against and I always send them over to the lenders and stuff, you know, and, and like I said, I, I said, you get a majority of them, but the very first thing, everybody, when I sent my credit app in to Brett, he was on the phone with me and he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the game plan. What do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, have a lower payment? Do you want to have a better rate? Like, what is your goals for this transaction? I told him exactly what we wanted. I told him exactly the payment that we would feel comfortable in. And right away, you gave me a game plan. You gave my wife and I a game plan. We executed that game plan. We got everything that we wanted at the rate we wanted at the payment we wanted. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to tell some people, because I think sometimes they think that Google's the answer, right? Like go to Google and they're going to have all the answers. Right. I'd rather, I've always rather find a resource, find the resource that you can talk to directly. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of things through these text things. I mean, there's so there's people over across overseas working for these companies. That's giving 
you know, credit advice and stupid, you know, stupid things to people sending them fill this out. And, you know, you don't know where your information's going sometimes. And, you know, there's a ton of fraud going on out there all the time. If you want, if you're thinking about like buying a new house or, you know, if maybe you know that you had some struggles in the past and that you, you know, you're maybe your credit's in a really bad spot. You know, what I recommend to everybody is, is call somebody like you and say, listen, our goal is to buy a house within the next two years. I know that our credit's shit right now. Can you, if we fill out an application, can we, can you at least give us some direction on where to go? And then it's on you, right? It's on me at that point Mm -hmm. to jump over those hurdles. But my plea to everybody out there is don't go to Google and search and think that that's the end. I'll be all or YouTube or any of these other stupid ass outlets because you don't ever know what kind of product that person or, or the reviews of that person. Some, you know, how many people are online? You're like, I'll just go look at reviews and there's nothing. Right. Right. But then people are like, but it's cheap and I want to do Talk to somebody that knows what they're doing. Talk to somebody that has a track record in this field that has, a you know, you've had a ton amount of success. That's why I trust you. Obviously we do this podcast together. We've done a lot of things together, but nonetheless, you have a track record. You, mm-hmm. I can find you on the internet. I can, I know that you have a physical office here. I know that I can call you and get you on the phone and have a direct conversation. So that way there's no nuance on text message or there's no, right. you know, a weird, you know, well, why didn't you tell me this? Well, you didn't ask that. You know what I mean? You, you know, there's no take all of those hurdles out of it. Right. And get factual information to help yourself out and set yourself up for the future. Because now for through some of the things we didn't have anything crazy on ours, but no. you know, you well, gave us some direction on ours and, outside of the mortgage and everything that we just got, it's going to help us if we need to, if you never know what's going to happen with your car or, you know, or anything mm-hmm. else. And those are going to help with all of that later on. Well, and, and what you said, you just hit the nail on the head right there. Your credit can have a lasting impact on your financial ability or financial stability is a better way to put it. And it can cost you thousands upon thousands of dollars. If you're talking a long-term loan, like a mortgage, tens of thousands of dollars right? Extra. Or you can save tens of thousands of dollars by just making a couple little tweaks, right? And these are things that I don't expect anybody to know just in general, simply because why would you know that? You know what I mean? You're not in that world every day. But when you talk to a true professional that's not trying to actually sell a product, but they're giving you honest, rational advice, it can really propel you to a financial future that will set you up for success. And ultimately, that's the goal, right? Now, I say all this today, in a year from now, who knows where the credit scoring system is going to be. If the government comes in and does what they're talking about doing, it wouldn't surprise me if they did it. Um, but if they do, just so you know, that's going to be a major financial overhaul. This is August of 21, just for everybody. That's right. And that would be a major financial overhaul. And so, you know, just keep all that in mind. What I'd say is if you have any other questions, um, personal questions, you can reach out to us via email at Uncommon Podcast at Outlook.com. You can uh, message us on Twitter at Uncommon PC. And uh, other than that, hopefully you guys, everybody out there saw some value uh, in what we presented here. Um, I always encourage questions because, again, you know, you, you don't do this on a daily basis. We do. And just for everybody out there, it's, I know that we don't ever have a time of day, but I mean, Brett and I, Brett could go on about this stuff, guys, for hours, man. He's so well-versed in this. So, you know, you can look him up online and, and and reach out to him if you guys have a personal issue or some, you know, some other kind of question pertaining, you know, if you're thinking about getting a mortgage. And 
since I gave you a plug, I'm going to give myself a little plug. If, if Brett, if Brett helps you out, I'm, I'm more than happy to help sell the house to you. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it should be. All right, everybody. If you found value as we do uh, ask every episode, please share it. Please give us a positive review and uh, keep subscribing and uh, we'll catch you later. Everybody take care, stay safe, weather this warm weather that's going on, enjoy it while it's going on. And uh, hopefully we have some really cool guests coming up here in the future, Brett. Looking forward to it. See you everybody. Later.